Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And before we get right into the message, we're not going to take a long time tonight, but we're going to take long enough to get this to you. Uh, The Lord said something to me uh, actually this morning. And, uh, you know, I, I told the Little Rock location the other night, I probably share about 10% of what God says to me uh, with, the, with the church. Uh, because God, you know, God's speaking all the time and leading and directing. And so there are things that, that I'm not led to share, but then there are things I'm led to share. And uh, he started off by telling me, he said, this time of shaking that the world is experiencing is a time of opportunity for the church. There has never been more hopeless, hurting, confused people than there are right now. And he talked about give people hope through the truth of my word. Give people peace through the truth of my word. Give people love through the truth of my word. And the result will be a move of my spirit in your churches and ministry. Who I use is who I will use. I've trained you to be able to discern services, to know what to do, to be able to discern the flow of the Spirit, to direct it, if you will, through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Don't limit who can be used. When you do, you limit the flow. Then he said, September 2022 begins a new chapter in your ministry. Much will occur quickly. Be ready. Stay spiritually sensitive. Avoid distractions. If you do this, if you do, this will be simple and it will seem almost effortless. I will, it will include growth, but more than growth, exposure. Exposure will occur. Many more will be exposed to the ministry. So stay solid. Stay focused. Stay with your fathers as they are your grounding. And he said, September is the ninth month, the birth month. Get the room ready. The baby is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There there are things that the Lord has been uh, preparing our ministry for, us for, for the last 24 years. And uh, we're going to begin to see it. We're seeing it already, but we're going to begin to see it even on a bigger scale. And uh, hallelujah. Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We want to continue. We talked about faith basics this morning. And uh, we talked about the three basics of faith, that faith comes by hearing, faith goes by saying, and faith grows by use. And we, we really focused on the hearing and the saying, and, and we're not going to get too far from that this evening. I want to center in here tonight, though, on something concerning this dimension of faith, the dimension of faith. We're still talking about the basics of faith or faith basics, but the dimension of faith. Uh, you know, we, we don't think much uh, about dimensions because we live in this three-dimensional world 
with not a lot of understanding of the dimensions that exist outside of what we see. Uh, but this faith dimension, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Things not seen. You could say things not seen yet. Now, faith, the word faith, the Greek word pistis, it means the conviction of the truth of anything or being convinced that something's true. Faith is simply being convinced that something is truth. All right? Now, this is important because it says then that being convinced that something is true or faith is the substance, the substance. That word substance, it means grounds, it means uh, uh, conviction, it means title deed, but it, it means something deeper. It, it is, if, when you look at it in the Greek, it's substructure. Faith is your substructure. Faith is your ground. Faith is the bridge. All right? And notice what it says. It says it's the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things expected. And it is the evidence of things not seen. Evidence is proof. Just simply means proof. Faith is proof. Now, the reason I say this is notice. It's the substance, the, the grounds, the substructure of things not seen. It can be an oversimplification to say they exist. They're just not seen. For, for faith to be substance of something, it has to already exist. Faith is not substance of nothing. It's substance of things that already exist. They just exist in a dimension where they can't be seen. And the Bible outlines how we get them out of that dimension into the seen realm. Hallelujah. So they may not be seen, but they exist. In that dimension. Hallelujah. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 8. And we'll get into, how do we do this? I said something this morning. I think sometimes that, whatever you want to call it, it's faith people, word people, word of faith people, word and spirit, whatever. We, we learn the principles. And what, when I say we learn the principles, we learn what we're not supposed to do. We learn we can have what we say. You know, you're not supposed to say anything negative, uh, uh, right? You're supposed to sow your seed, and, and we learn. But I'm, what I'm concerned about very often and maybe not you per se, but what I'm concerned about very often is are people applying their faith to the extent that they're getting into that realm, into that dimension, and producing what God wants to produce? Because it's there. Now, and I say that because there's some things I'm going to say from Matthew chapter uh, 8 here. I said something this morning. For you to believe that when you say you're healed, you're healed, you have to believe that if you say you're sick, you're going to stay sick. If you don't believe you're going to get everything you say, you won't get anything you say. Because i got to believe I'm going to get everything I say. Do you see that? Because there are people that want to operate their faith and they want to say the positive thing 
and act like the positive statement is going to outweigh the negative statement. Those words both came, where's faith? Where's, what is faith of? The what? Where did Jesus say that you speak from? So did the positive words come out of your heart, but the negative words didn't? What's that? I, I didn't hear you. No. Right? So you can't say a positive thing and say, I believe I'm going to receive that, but say a negative thing and say, I don't believe I'm going to receive that. I got to believe that everything I say is going to come to pass. See, because if you believe everything you say is going to come to pass, there's things you'll stop saying. Or there are things you'll increase saying. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 8. Verse 5. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, creeping paralysis, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, when you read the other account of this in the four Gospels, the Jewish leaders came to Jesus and ask him to come to this man's house. Mark synopsizes it. He, he brings it down because the Jewish leaders came to Jesus and asked him to go to this man's house, and on the way, he came and met him. Mark picks this up halfway through. The Jewish leaders came and said, his servant is sick. Would you please go heal him? He's worthy that you should do this because he built us a synagogue. And, and under Jewish tradition, if you blessed the Jews and built them a synagogue, you were, you were considered different than a normal Gentile. Remember uh, 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 Cornelius? It said that he, he prayed often and gave alms to many and he had blessed the Jews. Hmm. So he, he was coming, and he said, notice, he met Jesus, and he said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Well, why? I'm a Jew, or, or I'm a Gentile. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But I figured something out. Now, speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Now, right there, you know, in our faith circles, we, we preach that hard. I need no other evidence than the word. Just speak the word only. It's not all he said. For because I am a man under authority. And I say to this man, go. Now I'm emphasizing this. And I say. I say. To this man, go, and what's he do? And to another, we could say, I say to another, come, and what happens? And I say to my servant, do this, and what's he do? I say, go, and because of my words, he goes. I say another, come, and because I said it, he comes. I say to another one, do this, and because I said it, he does it. The man understood the authority of words. I've heard people preach, yeah, he, he could tell Jesus had authority. How? He understood authority that was encapsulated in words. And Jesus said that he had not found such great faith no, not in Israel. Not just the land, in the people. Amen. Amen. So Jesus puts faith and authority, faith and speaking together. In, in other words, he said, if you want to have great faith, 
you got to understand the authority in your words. If you don't understand the authority in your words, you'll never have great faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because to be only moved by what the Word says, you have to only say what the Word says. Because that is your foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And notice, he said, I say go, and he goes. Notice something. He expected what he said. Faith is the substance of things expected. You won't get what's in the faith dimension if you don't expect what you say to come to pass. Amen. Remember, we're not going to go there, but in, in the book of Luke, Jesus was talking about faith, and he said, he said, which one of you? He said, if you come in from a hard day's work, he said, are you, are you going to uh, uh, tell your servant, sit down and take your shoes off and I'll serve you? He said, no, I, I don't think so. He said, you're going to say, serve me first and then go get yours. And the context was faith. Faith is the servant of the believer. Faith will do what you tell it to do. But the ignition point is my words. If I don't say it, faith won't produce it. Amen. Oh, glory. So he said, I say to this one. We, we read it this morning. Whosoever shall say to this mountain. Is that right? What the centurion say would happen if he told that servant to go? He would what? He would what? What will happen if you say to your mountain, move? What's that? Will it move? Why? Because you have faith. Faith in what? What did Jesus say you had to have faith in? What you said. What you said. The centurion believed what he said is what was going to happen. And so he understood if Jesus says something, what Jesus says is going to happen. Because I know that what I say happens. Oh, glory to God. The, the first thing you've got to understand in getting things out of that faith dimension is I will have what I say. Nothing more, nothing less. I will have what I say. Amen. Th- think about this. Everything that you could ever need financially is in the dimension of faith. The act of faith is sowing your seed. The release of faith is what you say. You could walk up here tonight and you didn't, thank God, because you're in a good church. Oh, I found, I heard laughter, but I didn't hear any amens. Let's try that again. We'll rewind. You're in a good church. Amen. But hallelujah. You can come up, you could come up tonight and sow and go home tonight and talk about how bad your bills are. You didn't get anything out of the faith dimension. Because the seed requires faith. The seed requires words. Yeah, but the Bible says, remember what we said this morning? You can't have what the Bible says if you don't believe you're going to have what you say. Oh, hallelujah. See, if somebody came up to me and said, Pastor, I hate you. And then they turned around two seconds and said, no, I love you. Which one do I believe? You said both of them. Now, you got to really believe one of them. Because salt water and fresh water can't come out of the same fountain. So, right? That's an extreme example, but you understand what I'm saying? Someone will say one day, I'm blessed overcoming, I have more than enough, I'm abundantly supplied, I'm rich, rich, rich. 
and then they'll get hit with something. Isn't that the way it always is? That always happens to me. Now, people will teach that, and they'll say, see, see there, that guy was negative. Mm -mm, mm -mm. He didn't believe what he said was going to come to pass. Else he wouldn't have said it. You know, when I said that word, I hate you, that seems so foreign coming out of my mouth. I don't ever say that. The only person, the only individual I hate is the devil. And I'll say that strong. I hate him. I hate him. Right. Why? Because I don't want to communicate that. Are you following me? So if I know everything that I need is in the faith dimension, and I know the first step is believing that what I say will come to pass, I got to start watching what I say. Amen. Amen. Do do you see that? Say say it out loud. Everything I need is in the dimension of faith. And the man said, I say to one, go. Now think about this. Years ago, years ago, late 80s, early 90s, Leroy Thompson, Dr. Leroy Thompson, started teaching that, that, that revelation. He called it a prophetical revelation. That revelation of money cometh. He was standing in the grocery store in Darrell, Louisiana, and, 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 and he had some stuff, and the guy in front of him was buying some beer. Preacher standing behind the beer drinker. And uh, they, they told the guy how much he owed, and he gave the clerk his money, and he looked at Dr. Thompson, and he said, yeah, money goes, doesn't it? And uh, he said, I kind of went, well, yeah, yeah, money goes, you know, whatever you say. And he said, I got out to the car, and I shut the door, and the Lord reprimanded me. The Lord said, money comes. Right? Now think about that. But how do you, what do you hear people saying? No matter how much you get, it's not enough. No matter what they give me with the way prices are, it'll all get ate up. I can tell by your silence you hear that. I hope you're not hearing it from you. Right? Because we do not expect to be affected. Right? Amen. Now, now think about this for a moment. So they're saying that. What should they be saying? At the very least, money comes. My money's not going. My money's coming. Amen. I'm, I'm met coming and going by $100 bills. Oh, hallelujah. Try that out. Try that one time. Say, I'm met going and coming. By $100 bills. Amen. Hallelujah. Say this out loud. I'm met by raises. I'm met by bonuses. I'm met by abundance. All of that comes to me now in Jesus' name. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Say this out of your mouth. Say, debt. Lack, Lack. not enough, enough. flee from me, me. run in terror, terror. in Jesus' name. name. Now, you'll have what you say. Now, you told it to go. Don't ever give it license with your words to come back. That's it. This is the way it is. Hallelujah. Because I tell it to go, and it goes. I tell something to come, and it comes. So where's money coming? When? Money's coming to who? When? Money's coming to who? When? When's money coming? When's money coming? When? Now! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, Pastor, I don't see it. But is it coming? Is it coming? 
You may not see it tomorrow, but is it coming? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you understand? When, when I first started preaching these principles, there would be people that would take them and exploit them. There was a time I didn't want to preach on prosperity. I didn't want to teach on, on these kind of things because people would take it and exploit it. And I had to figure out I'm hurting my people if I don't do it. There's always going to be somebody that takes it and runs to an extreme. But, but I'm telling you that if Jesus said, listen, listen. Jesus and Peter, well, all the disciples, but they're, they're, all, they're, they're, they're coming back to the city. And the religious people met them. And they asked this question. They asked Peter this question. Did your master pay taxes? Remember that? Temple tax. And remember what Peter said? Yeah. They get to the house. And Jesus says, Peter, what do you think? Is it, is it the children of the kingdom or the children of the world that need to pay taxes? And he said, oh, the children of the world. And he said, so that would mean we're free. Now, it was a temple tax, a tradition of man, not the tithe, a tradition of man to put an extra burden. Jesus, ne- Jesus saw no reason to pay it because it was a man's tradition. But he said, so we won't look bad to them. Now, watch. Go to the lake. Now, I tell one to go, and he goes. Now, watch. And the first fish you catch, there'll be a piece of money in his mouth. Go pay our taxes. That wasn't Jesus. That wasn't Jesus doing that. Right? What did Jesus, what did Peter get at that lake? what Jesus said he would get. Where was that money? In the faith dimension. How did he get it into that fish's mouth? By his words. How'd that fish get it? I don't know. There are things that God's done for me through the avenue of faith in my words. I don't know how he did it. I don't care how he did it. But I know know the way it happened. Y'all that have been here a while, you remember I used to say all the time, if, if there's a dog that comes up down the walk and he's got a bag in his mouth, let the dog in. Let him in. Because money's coming to me. I'm, I'm using money as the example, but I need you to see this. If you don't believe everything you say will come to pass, you can't have what God said. Mm, hallelujah. So he knew they would do what he said. Look, look over at Genesis 2. Say it out loud. I'll have what I say. And I say what God says. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I, I know that there are people in here believing for financial increase. I know that there is, and, and, and I, need, I need to say this, and I need to say it as, as, as good as I can. You don't need the best job to increase financially. Amen. You, you, you just, now listen, you just need to believe that what you say is going to come to pass. If God can't prosper you on the job you have, God can't prosper you. Because God doesn't need a job for you making six figures in order to prosper you. What is grace? God's power and God's ability used on your behalf even though you don't deserve it. Is that right? So you can be working at a job that looks less than to some people, but you've got the grace and the favor of God on you, and your words are in line with what God said, and you're blessed. Amen. Amen. 
You don't need a person in your life for you to be blessed. Hallelujah. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm a single woman or I'm a single mother. You don't need a man to be blessed. Hallelujah. I, I mean that. You don't need a man to be blessed. I don't need a man to bless me financially. I, I can do that on my own. Notice there's not a, there's not a caveat in that verse that says, uh, believe that what you say will come to pass and you'll have whatever you say unless you're a single mother or unless you're a single woman or unless, unless you're uneducated. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 19. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto the man, Adam, the man, Ish, to see what Adam would call them. The Hebrew just means name them. And whatever, now watch, I tell one to go and he goes. I tell another to come and he comes. I tell this one to do this and he does it. Whatever, watch, Adam called them. Now ask yourself this question. Was God incapable of naming these animals? Now, people will say, well, no. Then why did he have Adam name them? Why did he have Adam name them? Because there's things you got to call. In other words, there's things you got to name. And it is how you named it. An elephant is still called an elephant because Adam named it an elephant. My finances are still thriving because all those years ago, I got up in my living room and said, I will never be broke another day in my life. And I never changed that. You understand? What did Adam call them? So first of all, you've got to believe that what you say will come to pass. Secondly, to get things out of the dimension of faith, you got to call for them. You got to call for them. You got to name your circumstance. You can name it hard and difficult or simple and easy. And whatever you name it is what it's going to be. Now, now this requires diligence because you can't call it simple and easy when there's no pressure. And then say, I don't know what I'm going to do when the pressure's on. Because you'll have what you say. And at the very least, you canceled out what you said previously. There's nothing worse than running around not knowing what to do. But there's multitudes of people that run around not knowing what to do because they always say they don't know what to do. Hallelujah. That's right. People say, what do we do here, Pastor? Well, first of all, we're going to pray about it. Amen. Do do you see that? What do you call it? God, listen, those circumstances come to you, and you got a choice. What are you going to name it? I'm coming. Just as fast as I can. What are you going to name it? When you, go, when you go to the doctor and they say you have this, what are you going to name it? What are you going to call it? What are you going to call yourself? You, you see, you, do you see what I'm saying? It's not just a positive word of faith thing. You will have what you say. You, what, what you call it is how it's going to respond. Hallelujah. Now, now, now get a hold of this. I got a lot of parents in here. Parents of young kids. Don't we love young kids? Love young kids. My mother loves her young child. 
I am the youngest child. I tell my sister all the time, you will always be my older sister. Anyway. Anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, young kids. Now, I know you don't say this, but bear with me. Is this okay tonight? Bear with, bear with me. Six days of faith, right? How many times have you heard people say things like, I can't do anything with that child? Anybody besides me? You, see, not only does that eliminate their ability to have wisdom in parenting, it enforces the, the, the resistance of their child to their authority. What are, you, what are you naming it? Well, there it goes. Can't do nothing with them. There it goes. Stubborn. There it goes. Can't focus on anything. Now, I know you don't say that, but I'm telling you, people say it. I don't know what's wrong with that child. They can't sit still for five minutes. They must be ADD. You just named your child. You just called them while only you have the authority to call them. Right? And then they'll come and say, I need you to pray for my child. They're just not acting right. You won't have what I say. You're going to have what you're saying, not what I'm praying. Because I can pray for your child. But if you keep saying what you're saying, you're canceling out my praying. Amen. Glory to God. That's why you say things about your kids. My, my kids are good. My kids are well-behaved. My, my children are respectful. They honor their parents. Amen. Amen. Mm. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. What he would call them. If I want something out of that faith dimension, I got to call it. I got to name it. Because it is what I name it. It is what I name it. Hallelujah. Notice Romans chapter 4. And uh, <clears throat> this is one of those uh, familiar scriptures. But... Uh, We see this first in Genesis chapter 17. And in Genesis chapter 17, that's where God nine times informed Abram, Abraham that he had made a covenant with him. And three times he called it an everlasting covenant. And in that setting, in that covenant setting, God spoke to Abraham for the first time in Genesis 17, Genesis uh, uh, 13, 14, Genesis 15, Genesis 16, God made promise to Abraham. He said, I'm, I'm going to do this. I want to do this through you. Genesis 17, God says, I have made you. Now, think about this. Just a chapter or so earlier, he had changed his name. From Abram, high prince, to Abraham, father of many nations. Now, now think about this, though. In God's mind, when was Abraham made the father of many nations? Here's the quick answer. When God called him the father of many nations. We, we make these statements. Faith perceives as real fact what is not evidence to the senses. So if I don't sense it, 
faith perceives it yet as real? Abraham did not become the father of many nations when he had Isaac. He became the father of many nations when God called him the father of many nations. I'm not out of debt when I see no more debt. I'm out of debt when I call myself debt free. Amen. So he says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. God does two things. He quickens or he gives life to the dead, and God calleth those things that be not. Now, wait a minute. Faith is the substance of things that you cannot see. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, and he said that God uses the things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are. What does that mean? There are some things that are not readily seeable, readily evident. God's going to take the things that, that are not to cancel out the things that are. So what might be is a sickness in your body, but the healing is in the faith dimension, something you can't see, but God will take what you can't see and cancel out what is. When? When you call for it. When you name yourself that. I need you to see this. Every day of the world, I say out loud, every disease and every germ and every virus that touches my body dies instantly in Jesus' name. Um, that's not something I say every now and then. Every day of the world, that's going to come out of my mouth. Why? I'm calling myself a sickness-free zone. Say it out loud. I am a sickness-free zone. Now, you know what I hear people say, believers say, Christians say? They'll say, now, nah, Pastor, we all, you know, we all get the sniffles from time to time. Okay. We'll just call you sniffles. Amen. What's up, sniff? Hey, sniffy. Might as well make it fun. Well, I hate the sniffles. Quit calling for them. Now, now. Do you see what I'm saying? Say it out loud. I'm a cancer-free zone. Cancer zone. Say it out loud. I'm a COVID-free zone. COVID zone. Isn't that better than saying, wonder if I'm going to get it? Michelle, we're not getting it. Dave, we're not getting it. Amen. Amen. I mean, I know there's people in here who's dealt with it. And praise God, we stood in faith. You stood in faith. And God delivered you. But never again. I'm declaring over you, never again. Hallelujah. This is so important. I'm a cancer-free zone. I'm a sickness-free zone. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. My mind is alert. My senses are well in tune. Hallelujah. Say every organ in my body functions perfectly. That's what you're calling. It's not just a positive confession. You speak to your liver. Liver, you, you will process this in my body correctly. You will excrete the perfect amount of enzymes in my body. Amen. Kidneys, you will process the protein in my body correctly. I will not have kidney stones. I will not have backups. I will not have urinary tract infections. I am free from the curse of the law. Amen. Are you following me? I feel like I've preached a lot and it isn't that much time. Maybe I'm just saying a lot. Am I talking too fast? 
What, what are you calling? God calls those things that be not. Doesn't mean they don't exist. They are not where you can see them. Right? Now think about this. If I told you I had $1,000 in my money clip, you can't see it. Right? But that doesn't mean it's not there. Is that right? You just can't see it. So now think about this. So just because you can't see what I have does not change how I think and believe and talk about what I have. I try not to read too much into Scripture, but I'm pretty certain that even in Abraham's day, 100-year-old guys were not known for having children. Pretty certain. And, 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 and the Bible says that it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So she went through the change. She went through menopause. Her body was no longer producing what was necessary to have a child. I don't know what people thought. I don't know what people thought when, when, when they did whatever they did or made whatever preparations. But here's what I know. At some point after Abraham started believing God and started calling himself what God said he was, the Bible says something happened to him. He became fully persuaded. That what he said would come to pass. What does that mean? To have full persuasion, you've got to be saying it. Twice, you read it for yourself. Twice in the book of Genesis, God promised Abraham a son. And then God came to Abraham and said, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And Abraham said, what could you possibly give me seeing I'm still childless? God had promised him a child twice. Nothing changed till Abraham's mouth changed. And when he started calling himself what God called him, he got what God said. Oh, glory. I mean, I say it all the time. I'm the best, best preacher in the world. Well, I don't know if I believe that. I don't care. I have what I say. Now, you know I'm joking. But notice this. I have made you a father of many nations. God calls those things that be not as though they were. Can I give you a few examples? Gideon is threshing wheat. The Amalekites, the Amorites, are, are, have come up and they're, they're, they're uh, uh, invading Israel. They're, they're taking everybody's goods. And he's hiding. And the angel shows up and says, Hail, you mighty man of valor. Read the Bible. Gideon's like, who? Me? I'm the least in my father's house. And we're the least... We're the least people in our tribe. Is that right? What was God doing? Calling those things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. I've made you a father of many nations. God calls those things which be not as though they were. Can, can, could you show me that in the Amplified Bible? We got to see that before we, we leave. There's, there's no stopping place this whole week. It's just we're going to just slow down, jump off. Don't hang on to the merry-go-round, though. You'll get thrown. <laughs> you ever see people do that? They're like, ah, boom. What's well, always funny is just the dad. He's going to try to get up there and show. He's spinning, <laughs> whack, and he... <laughs> Not me and Dave, though. We, we stay on. Hallelujah. Notice this. As it is written, I made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, 
who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. They don't exist in the natural, but God speaks of them as if they already exist in the natural. But I got to call it. Why, Why doesn't God just call you healed and keep you healed? Because I'm the one in authority. What I say is what Jesus said I would have. Not what God said. Well, I believe what God said. It's fine to believe what God said. You got to say what God said. And only say what God said. Look, look, look at, let's, let's try to look at one more here. Job 22. Anybody believing for debt freedom? Oh, hallelujah. I knew I was in the right place. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, while, while you're turning, if, if you know, if, and, and if you know to the dollar or to the penny, I want you to write it down. If you don't know exactly, get as close as you can. Hallelujah. This, this is important. Job 22. Now, I want you to understand, when when we read the book of Job, Job had three miserable comforters. And much of what they said, much of what was said, it was said by them. And in chapter 22, we're dealing with what Eliphaz the Temanite said. And much of what they said was incorrect where Job was concerned, but much of what they said about God was right. In other words, if they would say, if you did this, God would do this. Well, that was true. But they were wrong in their perception that Job had done something wrong. Does that make sense? See, that's good doctrine. <laughs> Eliphaz says something here. Now, I want you to see something. There's so much here. Verse 21. Acquaint now yourself with him, and be at peace, thereby good shall come unto thee. Is that true? Absolutely true. But see, his context was, you don't have peace, Job, because you're not acquainted with God. But yet, the Bible says that Job was perfect and upright, a man that eschewed evil and loved God. So he was acquainted with God. But the truth is still the same. If, you're, if you acquaint yourself with God, what will happen? You'll be at peace. Well, when you acquaint yourself with God under the new covenant, you get born again, and what happens? Jesus becomes your peace. Is that right? Say it out loud. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I have tranquility, I have tranquility. In, Jesus' name. in Jesus' name. Now, then he goes on, and he says, verse 23, if you return to the Almighty, you'll, put, you'll be built up. Put away iniquity far from your tabernacles. They're accusing Job of sinning. But the Bible says in all that Job went through, he didn't sin. Amen. That's what it says. Read it. He didn't sin with his mouth. He didn't foolishly charge God. Amen. He thought God did it to him, but he never foolishly charged God. Now, I'm going through this for a reason. Then you'll lay up gold as dust. Oh, that's you. And the gold of Ophir is the stones of the brooks. The Almighty will be your defense. And you will have plenty of silver. That's you. Now why? Because you're acquainted with God. Now I'm saying this for a reason. Bear with me. Because he says something else here that's so important. You shall make your prayer unto him. And he will hear you. And you will pay your vows. When you pray, does God hear you? Yes, why? Because John 14 says, whatever you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, the Father will do it. Is that right? Here you go. You ready? You shall also decree a thing. Let's look at this in the Amplified Bible because this, this this is so important. 
I preach this whole message to get you here. You shall decide. Ooh. Who decides? How does it feel to know it's what you decide? You shall decide. And what? Decree a thing. It, it, decree. Declare. Speak out. You sh- in other words, you shall decide to be healed, and you declare you're healed. You decide. Say it out loud. I decide I'm healed. I decide. So I say I'm healed. Say it. I decide I'm debt free. So I say I'm debt free. Glory. And notice, what you decide and what you decree will be established for you. Say it out loud. What I have decreed is established to me. See, I'm getting this out now. I'm, I'm getting this out of the faith dimension. I've already decided I will live long and strong on this earth. Is that right? Yeah, but I went to the doctor and they said this. Yeah, but I decided that I'm going to live long and strong. And so I said it. Y'all remember when Brother Jerry was here, Joe McCroskey that was with him? uh, Brother Jerry's cousin, his international uh, director. You know, Brother Joe dealt with COVID. And 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 it 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 really it really fought him, and and they decided they had to take him up on the third floor, which was the intubation floor. And they were they were going to intubate him, and he said, "I knew where they were taking me." And he said, "When the elevator opened on the third floor, I said out of my mouth, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord, and I will come home from this third floor in Jesus' name. And the lady pushing him said, oh, you a believer, huh? He said, yes, I am. She said, you better be up here. Hallelujah. She wasn't being ugly. She was just telling the truth. Now, think about that. Now, I'm, I'm trying to get you to see this. But what people say is, boy, if you go there, that's over. Not for you. The Bible says you will decide. Is that right? And decree a thing. You will decide and decree a thing. And it will be established for you. Where, where is it established? Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Here it is. When you decide and you decree, it's established in heaven. That's how it's going to be. How's it going to be? Because you decided. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Kevin, you decided that what you dealt with was not going to be the end. Is that right? And you decreed it. And here you are, free. Free. Free man. Hey, glory. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I I remember, and I don't want to embarrass Dwayne and Heather. I don't want to embarrass y'all. But I remember when you were believing to have Hannah. We came into agreement. We came into agreement. Heather's going to get pregnant. Well, she did. There she is right there. Hallelujah. A blessing of the Lord. But you know what they did? They talked about having a baby. They talked about having a child. They got things ready. They prepared. They did what needed to be done. And and here we have the evidence of their decree. Glory to God. Amen. You will decide. So I decide my children are saved. And I decree it. You got to decide that your children will be brought up in the nurture and the admonition of God. 
that your children will be brought up in a godly home, that your children will be, I don't care, I don't care if you've been divorced, I don't care if you never even see your kids, it will still go the way you decide and the way you decree. Can't change that. It's going to go my way. Because I say so. Hallelujah. If, 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 if you're believing to come out of debt and you wrote that down, did you write it down? I want you to stand up wherever you're at. Just stand up where you're at. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to, to read the number or anything of that nature, but I want you to see the number. Now, now I'm assuming, you know, everyone that's standing, you, you give, you sow, you honor the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if, if your spouse is with you, if they're in the room, get together with them. If they're not, tell them what you did when you get home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hold that out in front of you. Now, I want you to see, in the natural, that's there. You can't deny it. Right? But God takes the things that are not to eliminate the things that are. Now think about this. Is that money in the faith dimension? Yes. Is it available? Yes. Can you have it? Yes. You're going to decree it and decide it. Right now, tonight, we're going to decide right now. Amen. You say this out loud. Say, I decide, I decide that this amount of debt must leave my life. I'm a giver. I'm a sower. I'm a tither. Therefore, the windows of heaven are open to me. I expect this money to come to me either incrementally or all at once over the course of the next months I believe it comes to me now say debt I charge you leave my life and never return say this abundance flow into my life the exact amount of debt comes to me now in Jesus, name. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say money. money. Come, to me. Come to me. Now. now. Say money. money. Come, to Come to me. Now. now. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Now give the Lord a shout for that. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And, and if you keep that paper and you date it, every time that thought comes to you, you, re, you remind that thought, you remind that devil, that spirit, that on July 24th, you decided you're debt free. Settles the issue. That settles the issue. Oh, hallelujah. Because I have what I say. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. 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 We're, we're going to get into some things over the next few nights. Of course, uh, after Wednesday night, May, well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, 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 I, I may end up preaching through Thursday night, and Pastor Michelle preached Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. But I want to just share this with you as we close. We're going to get into this. You know, the, the Bible says in Numbers chapter 14, when the children of Israel would not go into the promised land, and they kept saying, you know, that they were going to die in the wilderness. Numbers 14 is such a, a pivotal scripture because God told Moses, he said, you tell them that as they have spoken in my ears, that's how it's going to happen. 
And do you know all of them died? That's sobering to me. Because God didn't say, you tell them I'm mad at them, and I'm going to judge them. He said, you tell them what they said is what they're going to get. And if you will investigate things impartially, when people say, well, I was believing God and this didn't happen, if you will investigate, you will likely find out they got what they said. That's not a knock against anybody. I hate that. But you can't blame God for something that I said. I'll leave you with this. I may have told you this story before, but there was a young man that worked for Brother Hagin for a number of years, and he was only in uh, his late 30s then, and he, uh, he left and, and went to another ministry, and one day they called Brother Hagin and said he was in the hospital, and uh, he was uh, in a coma, and uh, they didn't know what was going on. Would he come and pray? And he said, I went up, and every time I would lay my hands on him to pray, I couldn't. It, it was, the, the Lord wouldn't let me. And he said, finally, I said, why, Lord? And he, the Lord said, there are things that have been set in motion that cannot be changed at this time. And he said, so, you know, I did what I could. And he said, I told the pastor that, and he understood. Well, anyway, at the, the, the young man died. And at the, the visitation, his brother came, looked just like him. I don't know if they were twins, but looked just like him. And, and here's what he said. He said, yeah, he always said he wouldn't live past 40. You know when he died? 40. Why did he die at 40? Because it wasn't God's, it wasn't God's will for him to live? Mm, he got what he said. Now, he went to heaven. That's better than going to hell. But it's not God's best. How many want God's best? These six days of faith, let's press into God's best for what he wants for us. Amen? Let's stand up tonight. Hallelujah. Isn't God good?